0: Thank you. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. You follow along as I read. The Word of God says And it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as in heaven so in earth give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him friend lend me three loaves And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, Will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the words that we've read. Thank you for the privilege of prayer and of you teaching us so deeply about it. Even what we're doing right now, talking to the Almighty, it's astounding. Lord, help us to have a private, personal prayer life that fills us with everything we need from you and also affects the world because of our prayers of intercession. And I ask that you give me the words to say, give us ears to hear the lesson that we have before us tonight. In Christ's name, amen. What an amazing passage of Scripture. Imagine the disciples who walked with Jesus. They got to spend time with Him. They got to be there when He ate meals. They got to listen to Him talk. They got to hear Him teach the Bible, the living Word, teaching the written Word and the spoken Word. They got to ask Him questions. There's one thing Jesus did that made everybody stop and go, whoa, Lord, can you teach us how to do that? It doesn't record in the Scripture that that they said, Jesus, can you teach us how to heal the sick? Maybe they did say that, but the Scripture doesn't record it. Scripture doesn't record them saying, oh, Jesus, can you teach us how to make withered arms whole, make the deaf to hear, the blind to see, the dumb to talk, Lord, can you give us a a lesson on how to raise the dead? There's no record of that in Scripture. But the one thing that we do have a record of is when they heard Jesus pray. Imagine just the absolute awe of hearing the Son talk to the Father. His prayers hit different. They sounded different. They felt different. And Jesus prayed, and in this passage of Scripture, they couldn't stand it any longer. They said, Lord, if you're going to teach us anything, Lord, please, can you teach us to pray? And what they're saying is, can you teach us to pray like you pray? John taught his disciples how to pray like John prayed. Lord, we need you to teach us how you pray. And so Jesus did. Jesus said, Okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And what's interesting is Jesus gave them what is often called the Lord's Prayer. We've talked about this before. I don't prefer the term the Lord's Prayer because people think that there is some magic in just repeating these words. Matter of fact, look at Matthew chapter 6, we find a, a sister portion. Matthew chapter 6 Jesus is teaching them about prayer Verse 5 he says don't pray as the hypocrites are They pray publicly not in true sincere prayer to God But trying to raise their own uh, Their own reputation in the eyes of those that watch And Jesus said they have their reward Verse 6, he says, no, learn how to pray by yourself. Learn how to pray in private. And there is a place for corporate prayer. We pray in church. At the end of this service, we'll break up into prayer groups and pray. And it's good for you to learn how to pray with other people. But Jesus said, where you really get the heavy lifting of prayer done is not in public. It's in your prayer closet in private. And then he said in verse 7, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse 9, after this manner pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. This is the more recognizable Lord's Prayer. The one in Luke isn't the wording that most people are used to. The one here in Matthew chapter 6 is the one most people are used to. But they call this the, the Lord's Prayer, and what do some denominations do? They take the Lord's words and do exactly what verse 7 tells them not to do. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Na na na, na 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 na. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Matter of fact, sometimes they're told go say five Hail Marys and five Lord's prayers and you'll be all set. They they treat it as if there's some magic in the words and I submit to you and have all these years, that the Lord, the power in the Lord's words here are not just in repeating them with no comprehension or understanding. The power is that these words give us an outline of exactly the things we should pray for every day. And when you see it like that, it changes everything. And I preached a message uh, in December on 10 Ingredients of powerful prayer, and I gave them to you all in a sermon. I don't expect you to remember 10 points from a single sermon, right? That's an awful lot to to comprehend. But these 10 points from the Lord's Prayer actually become the backbone of the new prayer framework that we're going to give you in end of March, beginning of April. And so tonight, I have a worksheet that I want to give to you and it lists each of the 10 elements, and we'll go through that together. And I want you to start praying just for the next few weeks. I want you to keep this worksheet, and I want you to begin using it in your personal prayer time. What we're gonna do eventually is I have here the prototypes of the daily pages that will be your journal. And under each of these headings, there's actually important reminders inside the journal that are going to teach you and remind you of how to pray these things even more effectively. For tonight, I want to give you a good reminder of these 10 areas. I want to have you fill them out in a worksheet. And then I want you to do some lab work of in your personal prayer time the next few weeks. I want you to be using these 10 things and let's see how that even begins to help your personal prayers before we even get to the actual, the journal itself. So, gentlemen, if you could please pass these out. You'll notice there are blanks that, that you need to fill in. And so we'll do that tonight. And there's enough for everybody to have one because hopefully each one of you are going to be praying this uh, personally. And so if you need a pen, just let the ushers know. And they have pins for you there as well. And what we've done is taken nine sections from the phrases of the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to show you how those are categories of prayer you should pray every day. And then we've added one from Luke chapter 11 that I will show you as well. And all together, these become the most complete framework for prayer I've ever seen. And it's no wonder because it's from the Lord Jesus himself, right? You can't improve on the scripture. And so you see that on your paperwork, by the way, if you're at home watching and you email me, pastor at curtiscornerbaptist.com, I'll get you the paperwork so you can have it yourself. And I'll even give you the one that has the, the blanks filled in, so you can do that and have it for your own records all right so let's just sec let's dissect the model prayer to learn the 10 elements of powerful prayer so the first phrase we find is our father which art in heaven blank number one there anybody remember what it is connection Connection. You see all of these end with the I-O-N just to make it easy to remember. And when you know the Lord's Prayer and you know the outline, you can actually pray through it even from memory. Our Father which art in heaven, that's connection. And then you read under there, we should start our prayer with a reminder of our connection to God through the new birth. All right, God is our Father. Isn't that what he said in Luke chapter 11? How many of you, if your child asks for a fish, will you give him a stone? Well, we know fatherhood, the desire of fatherhood is to provide, to protect. So we're coming to God by invitation. And then we're coming to him not as some far-off ruler that has no connection to us. He is our father. And so in this situation, we would remind him of our connection now in this in this way i'm going to ask you if you would participate with me there's no wrong answers as always but if i ask a question if you'd raise your hand if you think you have an answer and then we won't use the microphone tonight because you'll just basically giving one word answers and i will i will uh, repeat it back to the uh, camera so the folks watching on online can understand it All right, somebody, if we're in prayer, someone remind me of a connection that we can uh, claim as we're going to prayer with God. What's the most obvious connection that we see here? Yes, sir. Um, That our Heavenly Father's in heaven. Yeah. He's our Father, and He's in heaven. So we go to Him not as, Oh, God, I know that there's nothing that I should do. I know that you probably didn't answer my prayer you're probably too busy to answer my prayer you see how sometimes we pray we pray like we're intruding oh lord i know i i I don't even know if you can hear me but no no you go to your father my kids wake up in the morning like hey dad i'm hungry it's like they they have immediate access to me Uh, and that's the access we have to our heavenly father so immediately we're starting off our prayer time reminding ourselves and claiming the biblical promise that's our connection and so like it said in Matthew chapter 7 the heathen think they're going to be heard for their much speaking the Christian thinks they're going to be heard because of their connection right who else can give me a connection that we can claim or remind God of whenever we're we start to pray yes ma'am Yeah, so we come boldly to the throne of grace. And you're an invited guest. You're not barging into the throne room of heaven. You're reminded, Lord, you're my Father. You invited us to come. You told us to come boldly. We could find grace to help in time of need. Already my prayers have changed because I know how I'm coming to God. And now that increases my own boldness. I'm not apologizing coming to Him I am coming to him with my feet placed firmly on our unseverable connection. There's one more I want to remind you of tonight, and that is, what about the connection of the blood of Christ? See, we have access to God through Christ and through his shed blood. It is Jesus who died on the cross, paid for our sins, that not only purchased our salvation, but purchased the ability for us to stand before God and not be consumed. Because we're not standing in our own righteousness, we're standing in the righteousness of Christ. And So Pastor Ross, he used to pray often when he'd pray, he'd say something like, Lord, I come to you and I'm so thankful that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I can talk to you. That's pretty strong footing, right, to to pray. And so now, already, just in these few things, uh, we're, we're, we're rooted in this thing called prayer deeply. So, our Father which art in heaven, that's our connection. All right, the next phrase, number two, hallowed be thy name. And this is adoration. Number one is connection. Number two is Adoration. And so you see your reminder prompt there. We must worship God for who he is and praise him for what he does. So technically praise and worship are very, very similar. I think it's important to make a distinction that worshiping God, I'm worshiping him for his character, for his being, for who he is. And in praise, I'm praising him for the things he has done, is doing, and will do. Now, this should be an easy one. Several people... Raise your hand and tell me something that you can praise God for. Either something who He is, something that He has done. And these can be Bible things. Not even necessarily things that He did in my life, although that would be appropriate in your personal prayer time. But you can go back to something amazing that God did in the Scriptures. Again, we're planting our feet in the Scripture. Yes, sir? He saved me. He saved me. That's right. And so does it get any better than that? So if He saved you... He can do anything one of my favorite prayer promises romans chapter 8 verse 32 that if god gave us his own son how shall he not also freely give us all things so god's already given us his best and you think he's holding back on you the hundred bucks you need you know it's like it doesn't make it it to god's mind it it makes no sense that that type of reasoning so god said i've already given you my best that should give you confidence that I am going to give you the rest of what is for you and what is good for you and my glory. Somebody else give me something we can praise God or worship. Yes. He gave us his word and he to preserve it for every generation. That's right. He gave us his word and he promised to preserve it to every generation. That's pretty good, isn't it? How do you know you can trust your Bible? Well, he gave it to us as an inspiration and he's promised to preserve it in every generation. Every generation has a copy of the Word of God. And so, praise God for that. That's how we can trust it. Good. Somebody else give me a thought. Something you can praise or worship God for. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Oh, what about that promise for forgiveness? Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not sin. Uh, You are blessed. What about forgiveness? He forgives. What about this? Lord, you brought those Israelites across the Red Sea. See, you see... When you read the scriptures, you learn what's a big deal to God. And the Red Sea is a big deal to God. He always brings it up. Because this was a big day. This was a mighty thing. And so, praise God for that. What about creation? Lord, you created everything. Everything I see is from you and your goodness, your wisdom, your power. What about praising God for who He is? God is love. God is Righteous. God is just. God is perfect. God is holy. God is merciful. He's gracious. He's forgiving. I'm getting excited just reminding myself who God is. And this is what happens in prayer. So you get that connection. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You remind him of the connection. And then you begin to praise him for who he is. Hallowed be thy name. I'm going to adore you for a little while. I'm just going to be in awe of you, who you are and what you've done. And by that time, now you're getting warmed up to pray. Amen? But we're not even asking for anything yet. See how I've taught you for years that prayer is, prayer is asking, but it's more than asking. If all you do is just say, dear Jesus, and give him a list of everything you want, amen, that's like you having a child that only talks to you when they need something. Do you feel close to that child? Well, not, Oh, here they are again. What do they need? You know? No. So the, the, the depth of the relationship is built in prayer as well. And so number three, invitation. Invitation. Number one, connection. Number two, adoration. Number three, invitation. The next line of the prayer says, thy kingdom come. What are we doing? Lord, I need your kingdom in my life. I want you in my life. What are some ways and areas we can invite God to come into our lives. Anybody have a thought? Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. God, I need you to come in my life and help me with this thing. Right? It's the invitation. Who else has a thought? Great idea. Yes, sir. Um, When I have a decision to make, I ask the Lord for his wisdom. Yeah. Sure. Lord, I need your wisdom in this situation. I invite you, Lord, to tell me what to do. Remember in the scripture, one of the biggest issues of humanity is pride and rebellion. Do you see how number three and number four were actually Jesus is dealing daily with our pride and our rebellion? Number three deals with pride because pride says, I don't need you, I got this. Humility says, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you in this area of my life. Do you have one? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. God, I need you in my life to guide me, to direct me. All of those things are important. How about this? Lord, I invite you into my home. You know, it's amazing sometimes the things we invite into our home through television, through music. What about, Lord, I need you in my home? What about Lord, I invite you into my family. I invite you into my marriage. I invite you, Lord, in the deepest, darkest places of my heart. There is no part of me where you're not welcome. See, now we're already getting deep in prayer. we haven't even started praying yet, really? And then number four, submission. Submission number one connection, number two adoration number three invitation, number four submission, this line of the prayer is thy will be done as it is in heaven thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven what's that? Lord your way is the best way I surrender to you I surrender my will to you I surrender my heart to you I want your way in my life. Now we've invited him, and now we're surrendering to him. What are some ways that we can surrender to God? Submission. You already mentioned a few of them, Lord, lead me. That's surrender. Lord, I don't want to choose my own way. I want you to guide me. Lead me, guide me. Uh, Anybody else have one? Yep, confess our sins is a part of submission. We'll actually get to that in a little bit even further. But sure. Well, if you can't even admit your sins, you're not in submission to God, are you? And so, uh, for sure. Uh, do you have one? What about this? Teach me. Lord, teach me. I submit to your teaching. I don't know the best way. I don't know everything that I need to know. I need you to teach me how to be a father. I need you to teach me how to be a husband. You need God to teach you how to be a mother. You need God to teach you how to be a Christian. Teach me. What about this? Fill me. Fill me with thy spirit. It starts with surrender, submission. How about use me? Use my life today, God. It's not my life. I'm giving it to you, and I'm asking you to use it for your glory. So we have submission. All right, number five, provision. Provision. The line of the prayer is, give us this day our daily bread. Now, clearly, we're here specifically praying for food, which, by the way, I think you should still do when your cupboards are full. I think you should still do when your fridge is full. If you wait to ask God for things until you're empty, then you're you're giving him the incentive to make you empty so you talk to him. Right? That's not a good idea. But notice here that the emphasis is on daily needs. Don't just stop at bread. This is where we pray for God to supply our daily needs. So one of my main prayers every day is wisdom love and power wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom if you don't have love then all the things that you do uh, do not matter as much and power is the personal strength to do what you're supposed to do and the supernatural strength to make a difference in the people around you wisdom love and power are my top three every day. And I think he should be everybody's top three every day. We could pray for food. Who else can think of something that we should pray for as part of our daily needs? Yes. You know one thing about getting older when we're younger we're still so self sufficient. And I'm at that point now in life that I have to rely on others. Sure. sure yeah great point there are times in your life whether it's by age or circumstance that you're just not as capable of providing for yourself your lives get a little bit more unstable and so what do you do you go to god every day for provision and usually god does use people to provide your needs and so uh, where are those people you could pray for those people who else has a, a thought yes grace and a tender heart for the children absolutely do you notice that you wake up every morning backslid it's true whether you know it or not you wake up every morning in the flesh if i don't feel very much in the flesh try it out see how it goes don't don't pray that morning don't read your bible that morning and see how your day goes through this we wake up every day and the old man we have to take him off and put on the new man and so Uh, Praying about things like that. What about finances? That would be under daily provision Lord I need your help. I'm a big believer in taking your bills and putting them out before the Lord Write down your budget how much you need put it out. Take that bill You can't pay show it lay it out there and say God I have this bill. I don't know what to do about it And so praying for your finances. What about your health? That's a daily thing you know, you can be okay one day, and the next day you are just a mess. True. Health is fragile. Give That's us this true. day our daily bread. What about, what about opportunities? Lord, I need some opportunity today. I need some opportunity to serve you. What about opportunities at work? Uh, a lot of things. Your personal needs. Under this, I put all of my, my personal needs and even... Um, I don't want to get too deeply into that yet. Uh, what about your roles and relationships you ought to pray by role every day and so whatever roles and relationships you have you need to make sure that you're touching those each day in prayer and i would do this under this segment all right what about your responsibilities you need god's help you need grace to fulfill all your responsibilities today all right number six number six is reconciliation so number one connection two adoration three invitation four submission five provision six reconciliation and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors See, jesus said i don't want you to ever get too far away from forgiveness i want you to, i want you to think about that and make it a matter of prayer every day One of the great sins of modern Christianity is unforgiveness. Jesus said, every day I want you to wipe the slate clean. Every day. You make sure you're clean with me, and you make sure you have forgiven anybody that has sinned against you. How would that improve our lives? If we just every day could wipe that... Well, I, I don't know how. There's a whole Bible that helps you to know how, and we can teach you that. Well, it's hard. It is hard. Nobody said it would be easy. But you got to understand the person who died on the cross for your sins is the one saying that you need to do this. So, If you ever feel like you're getting the short end of the stick, just look to the cross. Jesus, as he was hanging there suffering, said, Father, forgive them. And so his expectation for us is to forgive. Every day, check your heart. Lord, is there anybody that I haven't forgiven? And maybe it's, Lord, I don't know how to forgive them yet, but I want to because I know it pleases you, and I'm asking you to teach me how to forgive. And then, of course, make sure you're taking care of your daily sins. You only get saved once, but you live in a dirty world, so you've got to wash your hands often, right? Right? And so you got to get that daily cleansing from God as you're going through this life of picking up sin and dirt and foolishness. You got to cleanse that so you can stay in fellowship with the Father. All right, reconciliation. Number seven, sanctification. Sanctification. This is, and lead us not into temptation. So we must pray for God to make us holy and empower us to live righteous life. Jesus, Jesus told the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. It's weak. So this is where you deal with your own weakness. And every day you need to be reminded that you are weak. You are not strong enough to put yourself in positions to sin and just hold out forever matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Romans, uh, make not provision for the flesh, right? And so we pray, whatever your sins are, whatever your temptations are, Lord, I, I need you to help me with these things. Satan knows what your triggers are. He knows where you're weak. And he's just waiting for you to have a bad day. And so you need to pray every day. And then sanctification speaks of the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. So I would put under this every day, put off the old man. And every day we put on the new man. Every day we seek Holy Spirit fullness, because really it's the Holy Spirit that causes us to grow. Amen? So much of our, our lives would be changed dramatically if we would just get filled with the Spirit and stay that way. Because then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? and so the holy spirit's the key and that's all part of sanctification and under this under sanctification i would put your personal growth lord i need to read my bible more lord i need to i need to learn how to pray i need to i need to be a bold witness i need to whatever you your spiritual needs are to grow under this idea of sanctification i would put that under there number eight protection protection You say, why, why is that different from sanctification? Because, and lead us not into temptation speaks of temptations and seductions. But the next phrase is, but deliver us from what? Evil. evil. What is evil? Evil is people trying to hurt you. And here it, it technically speaks of the evil one who is the source of all evil And so now we're praying for protection. We're praying for physical protection. Pray for spiritual protection. Under this section, it's important to, there's so many of the things that God told us to do, we don't do, but it's because we don't have any system to remind us that they're important in the busyness of life. There's something that we're supposed to do in Ephesians chapter 6 that I think most people forget to do every day. Anybody remember what it is? Put on the armor of God. You better put on that armor. And in our prayer time, we're going to be reminded every day to think about that and put on the armor of God. All right, number nine, Intercession intercession and you have some more detail in your notes there we're not going to go too deeply into that for time's sake but intercession is where we pray for the needs of others this is where we put a parenthesis in Matthew chapter 6 in the Lord's Prayer and we move to Luke chapter 5 Luke chapter 5 Jesus added a almost like an advanced course of prayer that's not included in Matthew chapter 6. And so if you think of the model prayer as prayer 101, it's an introduction to prayer. Intercession is like prayer 202. It's a more advanced level of prayer. Immature Christians tend to pray for themselves, but mature Christians have to learn to pray for the needs of others. And this is where you hear someone pray, oh, I prayed for 30 minutes, oh, I prayed for an hour, oh, I... You say, how in the world do you pray for an hour? Well, because you're not just praying for you, right? You can pray for other needs forever. And that's really where you can get deep into this thing and, and which, by the way, any of these elements you could spend an an unlimited amount of time on, once we get into how the framework actually works, you're going to see there may be days where you get stuck in adoration. And you just live there you might spend most of your prayer time just thanking God, and you know what? That's okay. Because then, if, if you spend thirty minutes thanking God and you say, "Oh, by the way, God, I got to get go to work," but but can you do this, this, and this? Thank you. <laughs> now it hits a little different after you've been praising for thirty minutes, than if it's just, "Lord, do this, this, and this." Thank you. I got I got stuff to do. You you might get stuck in an area, and really be in the spirit in that moment and that's okay what happens is the framework becomes like a buffet where as the spirit leads every day it's like every day is is different and new and exciting as you're pulling pieces from here and there but it's all a complete framework and i i just believe it's going to help some people all right so if you notice we won't have time to develop this But in Luke chapter 11, verse 5, he said unto them, Which of you shall have a what? A A friend. So while the main focus of the passage is on importunity, not giving up, what is it he's not giving up for? He's not giving up because of his own needs. He's not being importunate because of his own needs. He's being importunate. He's being persevering and persistent based on the needs of someone else. And this is where we get into the idea of intercession, where going to God on behalf of other people. This is where you have your prayer list where you pray for others. Uh, and just some groups that you should pray with. What Pray for family, your family in your home, your extended family. Pray for friends. Pray for foes. Pray for your church, what's going on in your church, your church prayer list. Preachers and missionaries. This is where you pray for those that need to be saved. This is where you pray for the sick. You pray for your community. You pray for your nation. And you can see a lot of these areas are covered on our Wednesday night prayer list, aren't they? But you could have your own larger list of the things that are important to you. And then you have a place to pray over them, but you've also got a place to remind yourself when those prayers get answered. One thing we do is sometimes we don't take enough time to celebrate when God does give us the answer. And so when God answers you, it's more than just a thank you, it's a thank. If you prayed for weeks for something and God answers it, then you thank Him for weeks. Right? That becomes part of your if you prayed for years, then you just plan on thanking Him for years. Yes. It becomes part of your adoration. All right, and then lastly, conclusion. Our time's up for tonight. Back in Matthew chapter 6, you notice that the Lord's prayer is concluded with this amazing phrase. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And under this, in the conclusion, you... Close your prayer wisely while you're giving God all the glory. Notice, is that what he's doing? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We're thanking God ahead of time for what he's going to do. And notice that the prayer is bookended with praise and worship. I start off with praise and worship. I end with praise and worship. Why? Because God's worthy. And he loves praise and worship and he's worthy of it but here's a few things that that you could do as you close your prayer this is the way i like to close my prayer ask the holy spirit to ask the father for anything you forgot so romans chapter 8 verse 26 says the lord is our the holy spirit's our prayer partner So sometimes i don't even know what i need so i'll say holy spirit If there's anything that I don't know I need that I need, would you please ask the Father for that? And then the Bible says one reason why you don't get your prayers answered is because you ask amiss. So I'll pray something like, Holy Spirit, if I have asked anything amiss, I want you to forgive me, and I'd like you to make my prayer acceptable to God, whatever that means it might be changing the prayer at all i might be asking for the wrong thing but my heart's in the right place i might be asking for the right thing in the wrong time but rather than just getting a no because i didn't it's like you submit a form and you made a typo and it's like rejected but the holy spirit could say oh let me just change that for you real quick let's just how about that father and the father's like yes i'll take that the holy spirit's our prayer partner We claim a prayer promise, which we did at the beginning. It's good to do it again at the end. Give God all the glory. Here's one that I think is really important that we often miss. Leave every situation in God's hands and rest in Him. What happens is we get down on our knees with our cares, we give them to God, and when we're done, we pick them back up and get back up and go about our day. No, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you and then leave him there. One way that you know you can leave them there is because you can get up and rest in him and say God's got that and you don't feel the weight of it at that moment. It's not that the weight is never back because it may be a true burden but at that moment you don't feel the weight of it. You say, well, I always feel the weight of it. Then can I respectfully say that you haven't prayed long enough? There is a way to pray long enough where you can get up and you're different. The situation may be the same, but you're different. And that's the real goal of prayer. And then lastly, we pray in Jesus' name. And we've talked about this before. Praying in Jesus' name is not just saying in Jesus' name. It's not a stamp that you put on the end of your prayer asking God to bless it. It really is. You can only say that you're asking God to do it for Jesus sake and in his authority and for his glory. Right? So it's a qualifier that's more than just the words. It's can you look at your prayer you just prayed and say, "I believe this is what Jesus would want. I believe this would bring Jesus glory." And I'm asking in his name. Dear friend, if I know it seems like a lot, hopefully you're not too overwhelmed. If you are overwhelmed, just take a part of it and start using a part. But if I truly believe that if you would start praying this way, you would sense a difference in your own heart. Right? What's the Bible say? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that, dear friend, is how we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the depth of your teaching on this subject. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your wisdom, eternal wisdom and for coming down to earth and living among us so you could teach us how to do it right i pray you'd help all of us everybody me all of us to build a prayer life that doesn't just change us but it changes circumstances changes situations and lord that you would receive the glory from all that so i pray you'd bless our offering